All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Four Peers and Beers podcast. I'm your host and founder of Four, Jonathan Rosen. Alongside with me, I have the one and only Tyler Delapena co-hosting. Say what's up, Tyler. Hey, everyone. Thank you, thank you. And of course, our wonderful guest, infamous Randy Carbio. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. We're excited. Um, you know, we all know this is our first time jumping into this. Really excited to have you on as a guest. You know, you're not only a four member, but you're also a friend. Um, you know, we, we've, I know you've been to a bunch of these, these four events in the past over the years, and, you know, you've gotten to see how the group has really grown over time. So I figured you'd be a perfect person to come in and be our first guest. So we're ready for you to come in and crush it for us. Awesome. I'm excited to be the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I need to start it off. Let's let's hear a little bit about you. You know, we don't need to spend too much time on it. You're not that important. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but, you know, kind of how you got your your start in the business and, you know, where you are today, what your focus is on. Um, and, you know, a little quick, call it few minute walkthrough of the career of Randy Carbio. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we'll start. I started working in real estate pretty serendipitously. Um, I think I was 20 or 19. Um, wow. But freshman spring in college, I was uh, working at an internship fair. And my former boss came up to me, we started chatting a bit. Um, I was not looking for an internship. I wanted like a job at the gym or the library or something. Um, and, you know, we started chatting and he goes, Hey, are you interested in an internship? And I wanted the money. So I said, sure, why not? And he introduced me to the CEO of the company at this time. This was a, a boutique firm in Orlando. Um, you know, from there, the guy goes, Hey, call me on Monday. Uh, if, uh, if you want an interview. So Monday comes around, I give him a buzz. I interview for, I thought I had the job that day. Apparently it was like a week long interview. Um, they basically gave me a co-star printout binder and we're like, Hey, call these groups and try to get, you know, lease expirations and square footages and how many employees they have. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's easy right enough. to it. <laughs> so, and I had no idea like what they did. I'm like, yeah, you got like, I practically didn't know companies leased space. Um, so I was there for about a year. And then at the time, my partner had, uh, or my senior partner had left to go to, or had left for a bit, um, and eventually ended up going to JLL. Uh, so I went to go work at JLL in Orlando, uh, focusing on the tenant rep side of the business. Uh, in 2015, because of some family things, I moved back down to Miami and worked at JLL um, down here in Miami, also specializing in tenant rep. Uh, until 15 months ago, uh, give or take. And, you know, JLL uh, was a great firm and I just kind of felt my, my growth was halted for a bit. So I made the jump over to Blanca Commercial Real Estate. Um, Very nice. And but Randy, did, did you really leave because I just kept beating you at ping pong? 
during lunch? That, 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 was was a big, that was a big part of it, too. You know, I can only take so much humiliation coming into the office. So it's, it's I knew it was <laughs> partially my fault. I miss those days. I miss those, too, man. I miss those, too. Definitely uh, no ping pong table, but definitely a good place to be. <laughs> well, good. So um, you've been at Blanca for about 15 months. You know, I'm sure in the beginning there's a little bit of a transition time, but uh, you know, now it sounds like you're, you're all ramped up. Um, you know, even in the, the few years that I've known you, you know, I've seen you grow like crazy to now you're this hotshot executive vice president and we're all, you know, super impressed. Um, but we want to be really impressed to hear a little bit about this, this office market knowledge of yours. And we're going to pick your brain a little bit because we do have Tyler, our co-host, who is Uh-oh. also a fierce rival. Also being an office broker. No, I'm kidding. It's obviously friendly competition, but it's it's good that Tyler's on here too because I think we can get some really interesting dialogue between you know fellow office brokers and and talk about today's office market and see what's going on, the potential changes from COVID. Um, you know, Miami historically being a really hot office market. Or curious to hear your thoughts on you know what you think it is, what what the environment and landscapes like today, what we could potentially see as changes going forward. Um, you know, I'll just kick it off and then Tyler will jump in, but how strong is the demand still today for office space in Miami? Yeah, it's, um, that's a loaded question, man. And I'll say this, I think it from a, from a big corporate user right now, it's not a, it's not prudent to make a long-term decision, um, given the current environment. I think uh, we can all agree and well, we can all agree that, you know, this is going to pass. We're, we're going to find a vaccine and we will go back to, you know, real four events and seeing Can't people wait. and shaking hands. And if you're in Miami, uh, kissing on the cheek and, and doing that, <laughs> right? Because yep. if, if, if you don't think that way, then you're, you're probably not in a good place mentally right now. So I, I feel strongly about office. I feel really strongly about office in Miami um, for, for a variety of reasons that we can get into. Uh, but, but right now, I don't see that there's – we've definitely seen demand uh, slow down a bit. And I don't think that's a big fundamental issue. I think we benefit because we're not a – you know, a New York type or, or Chicago or Atlanta even where there's a lot of big back office headquarters where there was massive layoffs and things like that. Um, we're getting a lot of, you know, high level people from Latin America um, and people who want access to that. So uh, I long term, I feel really good about about Miami office, but, but definitely I think, you know, the the larger corporates and even the local ones are are reconsidering now, given that there's you know a bit of financial strain given the given the situation. Randy, I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we're absolutely on the same page there. Um, and just I guess spitballing here, some of the uh, some of the questions I thought would be good. Who are your top ten pursuits right now today? <laughs> um, I want to grab a pen and paper, and if you could also give me contact info, I think I think all the four members would love to hear that. Take notes, yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Randy. So I, I I could not agree with you more. I think we're you know in, in the the short term, obviously there's a little bit of a slowdown here, but 
I, I feel South Florida is going to, in the long run, be the beneficiary um, of yep. some groups coming out of the Northeast and, you know, groups that want access to the Latin American capital and, and that want to do business with South America. So I, I totally agree. Um, something I've been seeing, I'm curious to, to hear if you're seeing the same, is somewhat of a disconnect between tenant expectations and landlord expectations. A lot of the groups um, I've been in the market with think there's blood in the water. They think, you know, they're looking for a fire sale. And then on the landlord side, we're, we're kind of holding steady and demand is, is slow, but it's, it's still there. I'm curious. Are you are you kind of seeing the same thing? That's huge, man. A hundred percent. It's uh, it's interesting. I've done. I had done tenant rep my my entire career for the most part, both local and national. And then, you know, when I was looking to move, I looked at, you know, other solely tenant rep opportunities. And and Terry uh, Blanca had mentioned to me, she's like, look, Randy, like, I'm sure you're a really good tenant rep broker and, and we've worked together and everything else. But if you come over here, you're going to be a, a really good real estate practitioner um and, and have like all aspects of the of the business and mm-hmm. and i couldn't agree more with what you're saying man i think you know from the tenant side people are like hey yeah everything's going to shit look at the news you must be dropping rates and it's like no you do, obviously don't know how a capital stack works right and there's a thing called supply and demand and and landlords have returns to make and partners to deal with and we can't just give you a year of free rent because you asked for it. And so, so yeah, I definitely do think there's a, there's a disconnect. I, I do think some landlords are getting um, a little more aggressive to, to just right. get deals across the finish line because there's a little bit of uncertainty, right. but, but overall I, I haven't seen, and, and I know our office hasn't either um, any significant movement in rates. Um, we haven't even, unlike like the Northeastern markets or, or other major, me- uh, metros, we haven't even seen a, a significant, uh, addition to, uh, sublease space, uh, right. in South Florida. So yeah, I, I agree. I'm that curious a, to see if that's coming. Disconnect. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Terry's description, a real estate practitioner. I, I, I agree with that too. I think it's good to uh, be Yeah, and you're to, seeing both sides. Yeah, yeah and like, like you started, you know, strictly on tenant rep, but you get really kind of a, a full picture view of what's happening when you do a little bit of both. Um, but well, yeah. So, so Tyler, real quick, let me, let me jump in because I'm, I'm curious to kind of piggyback of, off of your question um, because in, in the retail world, we're seeing a lot of the same People are asking for the world and just expecting it because there's been a pandemic for a few months and now they think they can get 50% off their rent and three years worth of free rent and $8,000 in TI. But realistically, you know, to get deals done, I think going forward, we're going to need to see a lot more um, or additional capital contributions from landlords in the form of TI because it does seem like the rent's not necessarily an issue, but people just want to mitigate their risk and their capital outlet up front. You know, in case mm-hmm. something does right. happen or change, is that mm-hmm. similar for office? As far as yeah, they're building out their spaces, we're seeing that. I think, um, you know, for many any landlords that we're working with, and, and really throughout the market, this isn't rocket science, but we've seen spec suites be tremendously successful um, throughout South Florida. That's for two reasons. Previously, South Florida was a I don't want to say a test market, but 
it was a market where, you know, a group might come in to, to do business with Latin America and it's kind of a, an ancillary business um, or, or a different division that's just coming in and needs space quickly. Um, and then now, you know, cash is king for a lot of these companies, right? Mm-hmm. You want to hold on to that as much as possible and be able to be, be flexible. Um, so, so I agree. Yeah, if, if, if landlords can provide space uh, or can provide opportunities, I should say, where, where the out-of-pocket capital expenditure for, for tenants is, is minimal, that I think those landlords will, will, will do best. Randy, out of, out of curiosity, and then John, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Which submarket would you say you've seen the most activity? Um, submarkets, maybe. Yeah, let me. Yeah, Brickle remains active. Um, right. I, I think Brickle is just the cachet. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I do think Brickle, you, you guys are seeing it even on the on uh, on some of the the smaller buildings, but still on Brickle Avenue. But like, there's this a crazy flight to quality. Um, there is. And, and we've seen that and we've continued to see that through COVID. So, you know, new amenities, I think now air filtration systems are going to be a big thing. And, All the buildings and now, are going through renovations right now. Yep. So I think that'll be a big uh, consideration. And so we've seen Brickle be, be active. Um, Aventura, which has been kind of sleepy is picking up for us for whatever reason. We have a big project up there. Maybe the Brightline um, talks. Yeah. Um, well, isn't Aventura a lot of office condos? And you, you're leasing a traditional office building, right? I don't know too much about the the office market in Aventura. Um, that's just what I thought. Yeah, we have um, we have a project called Optima up there. So it's a, I think it's going to be one of the nicest buildings in Florida. It's like 300,000 cool square feet of lead platinum um it's a the bromberg family out of mexico city uh so they're you know the the building's unbelievable and then we are seeing some activity on the uneven the existing product but you're spot on resident a lot of the product up there is either medical condos or like smaller office condos where you know some of these you know wealthy families and things are just buying their condos like they're used to doing in latin america and stuff now, do you see any market? I, I think I have my answer um, or my guess, I guess. But do you think there's any one market that might potentially lag behind, you know, once once COVID passes to kind of re-ramp up and get back into shape as far as, you know, the office demand is concerned? Do you see one place in particular over another struggling a little bit for years? Not years, but, um, you know, once things pick back up, is there one market that sticks out in your mind that might struggle a little bit? I don't know, man. I think um, I would say Winwood. That's what I would say. But I know we all have to be sensitive. Uh, do you think? Do you think Winwood on the? So we're busy in Winwood right now for, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, uh, for whatever reason. You guys that, are best. That's part of it. <laughs> um, but but um, yeah, we're we're busy in Winwood. But I do see that. I think you know Winwood's going to go through a whole. Uh, shuffling of their of their and you know well the, all their retail um, mm-hmm. before you couldn't find a second yep. gen retail space there and now a lot of them went under um, I saw Morgan's closed the There's other more day more than you can is, count well yeah, they, yeah they're relocating um, but you're you're totally right the retail landscape I feel like is actually going to affect the office because I feel like that's correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like a lot of the appeal for office is because of the amenity base downstairs 
where you can mm-hmm. have these employees in this cool neighborhood go downstairs and walk and go grab a bite, you know, go, I guess you're not going to shop during the middle of the workday, but, you know, great space to take clients for lunch. For or That's the cool aspect of Wynwood, at least if I was an employee at an office building nearby. And if that's, if the retail's lagging, then I feel like it might be a little bit less appealing. Yeah, I think, look, Wynwood's really cool. It's, a, it's international. It's, it's cultural. Um, and it's, it's low to mid rise. So you have a lot of that. I think you've seen some really interesting players who've who've developed, um, incredible projects in in their home bases, if you will, like Red Sky in New York and Sterling Bay in Chicago coming into the market. Um, so, so that'd be cool. And, And what I think will really make it happen for, for Wynwood is all the multifamily going in. Um, I think with people there, retailers, once everything starts getting back to normal, will will just naturally do well. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be more service-oriented retail, too. I mean, yeah, we all like agreed. the cool restaurants and bars, but you can only, you know, 100 bars in however many block radius, you know, does well. But if the tourism's lacking and there's not that built-in customer base 24-7 there, then the bars are going to suffer. But if you bring in that more service as the residents come in and move in, and becomes more of that real 24-7 live, work, play neighborhood, yep. you need the service. You need to, but retail's for another day. Um, <laughs> so do you, do you see any changing office trends going forward? Like, do you think people are going to have bigger offices to make up for social distancing? Do you think they're going to shrink because of remote working has actually been doing pretty well? Any thoughts on that? Because I'm sure it's got to be a popular topic you guys throw yeah. in the office. I, so I'd be lying to to you guys if, if I was like, yeah, this is happening. Um, and I think anybody who can tell you the, or who claims to tell you what will happen is, is lying. I think I think there is definitely going to be a consideration for you know, social distancing and, and spacing out a little more over the past you know 10 years or more. We've seen companies get more and more and more dense. Density has been a big word in in the office sector. And now I think we're, we're going to reverse that a bit. So I think, you know, if, if I had to guess, it'll all be net neutral on kind of long-term uh, demand, if you will. But, and then you also have to guess, right? Like if you have, if you're a, if you're a, you know, 50 person company and you have a 6,000 foot lease or whatever else, and you have a five-year lease on it, and it doesn't come up for three years, you're not going to make a decision to densify or de-densify today. You're going to you know, make what you can with your space and then make a long-term decision when, whenever your lease is, is approaching, um, if you can. So it's, uh, I think it's, it's too soon to tell, but, um, but I, I do know that you know, every one of my clients is, is, is worried about it. And everyone who you know, we tour or have conversations with is, is con- making those considerations. Are people looking to shrink terms, you know, doing shorter term deals? Oh, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> it's all about flexibility. Um, yeah. Same I think with us. At, at least for the time being, like I said earlier, it's not prudent to make a long term decision right now. Um, unless you're selling, not even like, even if you're selling face mask, you know, who knows if this just all goes away and in, in, in a week. Right. So making a long-term decision, giving all the uncertainty right now is just not the, doesn't make sense for anybody. I think. Gotcha. Um, last, I guess, office related question, because I know you've done 
historically in the past, a lot of co-working work mm-hmm. with, with Regis and spaces in a number of different markets here in South Florida. What are your thoughts on just co-working in general uh, going forward? Because I know, you know, the shared workspace, people were, were excited about it. It was expanding. Now maybe thoughts have changed. Maybe they haven't because, you know, just being surrounded by random people and, and sharing amenities. I don't know. Uh, I know for myself, I wouldn't necessarily mind. I thought, you know, the WeWorks and the spaces, the office buildouts were super cool. And, you know, I'd be happy to probably work, work in those still today. Granted, I'd be happy to work in any office today to get out of my room away <laughs> from my home office. Um, but what, what's kind of the official word in the office market today for co-working? Yeah, I think um, I'm a believer in, in co-working and in flexible workspaces or whatever else you want to call it, right? I think work was a mess uh, and I think they did a really good job in, in reorganizing and, and getting uh, the right person or the right captain for that ship, if you will. Um, Regis, you know, my understanding is that they are concerned, um, not concerned, but they're, you know, they're realizing that the next 18 months uh, have a lot of uncertainty around it. And they just need to make prudent decisions for, for the foreseeable future. Um, but I think that that's for most groups. I think co-working's here to stay. I think people like it. I think people like the flexibility. Um, it's in, a, it's in basically every large company's you know, real estate strategy where if you need to go into a test market somewhere, or are you going to sign a five-year lease and, you know, spend 120 bucks in TI and then another 30 bucks in FF&E when you can just go sign a one-year lease and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then you walk from it. So uh, I think long-term it's here to stay. It'll look different than, than it does today. I think it'll be more enclosed. I, I don't see a lot more hand sanitizer stations. A lot more, dude. I don't know if they'll let the dogs in for, for a bit. Probably um, not. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll get WeWork or, or one of those guys to sponsor the next one of these, hopefully. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if they like it. We actually had a really good four event at WeWork way back, back in the good old days of the in-person events. Great time. The, the good old days. Um, but yeah, awesome. So really, really good perspective. Um, with these podcasts, I, th- I know, you know, me, you and, Tyler, we could talk about this all day. We were already talking about real estate for probably an hour before we even launched the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but to try to keep this under 30 minutes, to keep these episodes, you know, short, sweet, and to the point, uh, I'm going to take the focus away from, you know, office and kind of shift it back to four a little bit because I'm curious to hear, you know, maybe some of the connections or, you know, how many connections you've made at four, what you think about four. Is there anything that you think makes it unique for someone that might not necessarily have been to many events or any events at all that could be listening? Just to give someone a you know quick overview of unbiased thoughts on four, because everyone knows that I'm a little bit biased when I talk about it. Same with Tyler, because we obviously love it. But uh, curious biased. to hear what you think about it. <laughs> a little uh, biased. <laughs> no man, I look. I think um, it's funny when 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 you invited me on. I remembered meeting you you had joined jll from cbre i was still at jll and you were you were still working at 1221 brickle i think 
Yeah. And we have like a company happy hour eventually. And I asked you about kind of what you were doing and you invited me to a four event and you were like, yeah, man, I just want everybody who's like in real estate to, you know, know me and know me as a resource. And, and if I can do that, then, you know, that's, that's what I'm going for. And I was like, that's awesome. And I just never thought about it again. And fast forward, however many years I get, that is two or three years ago. I'm like, holy shit. Everybody knows Rosen. <laughs> like every every yeah, like young drink and talk every young person in real estate knows rosen somehow so it, it's it's obviously been awesome for you and i think for for anybody who goes and attends it's a it's a good way to reach the the general uh real estate community and and it's not just you know we're very used to dealing with brokers um but you'll see you know real estate attorneys go you'll see the um, people on the mortgage side, people on the capital market side going, the investment side. So uh, I think, you know, that's been awesome, man. And it doesn't hurt hitting, uh, you know, after, uh, after a long week, looking forward to a, a four event with a, a couple of good Shot drinks. So yeah, that's the issue. It's number two, but. <laughs> so. Well, no, I, I appreciate that. And we always love when, when Randy walks through the door, then, you know, the party really starts. No, I'm like, I'm getting old, man. I'm like, hey, guys, it's nice to see you. We're older than you. I know, but I'm like, I'm just mentally old. My bones hurt. I I had to go to a chiropractor. The whole thing's bad, but what are you going to (laughs) do? Randy, you know, one one last question on the office that's been lingering in my mind um, for you specifically. So in in today's market, in in the down market that we're in, um, how do you keep your hair so pristine? It's, um, <laughs> that's a, that was a, uh, that's a tough that, question. That was a, that, that was a question from one of our. Yeah, uh, that was a question sent in from uh, Phil, your I've, boy Phil. I've been thinking about it ever since. Marchese. Or Marchese, yeah. Awesome. Cam bro. sent one in too. You got a lot of hair questions. How does Randy Phil's got, so I think Phil's got. I think Phil's got better hair than me. I'll say that. Everyone Maybe he's trying to, to steal your secrets. I don't know. Everyone no, he doesn't need them. Uh, my products lay right super hold, which okay. uh, which is Ooh, they sell it at the spot. I saw that today when I got a haircut. It's industrial grade cement. It's basically what that is. <laughs> uh, you have to take down. eighteen showers yeah. to get it out. It's funny we're doing like Zoom calls um, pretty often for uh, at Blanca, and yeah, week one I'm like, okay, yeah, do my hair, dress up. I'm like week two, I'm like, what? I can't go outside. I'm not putting uh the whole you know monkey suit on and i didn't do my hair and everybody's like whoa that's like, who the hell is like? this guy <laughs> so that's funny man uh so i'm gonna get you a brand new uh gel pack for being on as a guest lay right that's super yeah lay right super we gotta write that down it's that's gonna it's, be your thank you it's yeah. gonna be a lot nicer of a present but now that i know that's all you need if you if you look at the amount of money I spent on Layright, I think that's why I work in, in commercial real estate to just be able to afford. You got to pay for the hair product. <laughs> but all right, man, really appreciate it. Um, this was a great first episode. Um, Ty, hold on, Tyler wants to chime in. No, oh, never mind. No, never mind. He's he's not ready. He's getting shy. Um, but no, thanks again, um, Tyler. You had some awesome questions. I think we had some really good dialogue. This was a great first first shot for our four peers and beers podcast i don't know about you but i've been crushing a bud light this entire conversation uh, i'm on my second one dude <laughs> might take a little tequila shot after this now that the nerves are finally gone i was nervous 
Um, but hopefully people see the value. You know, you've done really well for yourself in a short amount of time. Um, it's an honor to talk about the state of the real estate market with you and hope to see you at an in-person four event soon. And Randy, I'll, uh, I'll stay tuned. If you just want to shoot me an email with the, uh, the prospects and the contact info. Well, yeah, Rosen, if you just want to leave the line open, we'll just chat offline. So. Oh, perfect. Honestly, send, <laughs> send me the information and I'll, uh, I'll hold it hostage from Tyler. <laughs> awesome. No, Randy, this was awesome, man. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you coming on and being the guinea pig. Thank you guys, man. Thank you guys for doing this, keeping us entertained while, while the whole world's different and, uh, and for allowing me to be on, man. This is great. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Future of Real Estate and follow us for more podcasts every other week on Spotify.